Hello and welcome to The Adventures of Superman from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another world who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. But before we join Superman, here is an important message. Fellows and girls, somewhere in the Solomon Islands, there are a lot of big, tough fighting marines. And they're carrying guns that you may have helped to buy for them. That is, if you've been buying your share of war-saving stamps for victory. You see, every single dime you exchange for a war-saving stamp helps to buy the guns and bullets, the planes and bombs, the ships and the shells that are going to lick the Nazis and the Japs. Now, we know that all red-blooded Americans can't actually wear Uncle Sam's uniform. Because, well, because some of us are too young or too old to join the Army or Navy. But there is one big important way we can help. We can buy war-saving stamps and bonds. We can lend our money to Uncle Sam and put weapons into the hands of American fighting men. Why, do you know that your dime spent for a war stamp is the same dime used to buy five forty-five caliber bullets? I guess you know, too, and the Japs and the Nazis certainly do, what a soldier or a sailor or Marine can do with five bullets. And speaking of sailors, you might be interested to learn that every time you buy five war stamps, that same 50 cents buys enough fuel oil to carry a destroyer a full mile closer to its objective. Now that makes buying war stamps pretty exciting, doesn't it? So look, let's make a promise to ourselves right now. Let's promise to buy war-saving stamps every week regularly. And you can help even more than that. You can get your friends and your mother and your father and all the people that you know to buy war stamps and bonds and buy them regularly. And they'll want to help, too, when you explain to them how important it is for every single one of us to do our share to help our brothers and our friends in uniform. Our boys are going to win this war, and we have simply got to help them. So remember this. It's a good slogan. Every time you've got a dime, buy a war-saving stamp. And now, the adventures of Superman. Superman and the guise of Clark Kent and his companions in adventure are now trying to solve the most baffling riddle of their career. As we know, nine of ten plaster cast statues were broken by a mysterious marauder who dressed himself in all sorts of queer costumes. A clown suit, a pirate's costume, even a Mickey Mouse outfit. Kent himself broke the tenth statue and discovered a tiny metal box embedded in the plaster. The box contained a valuable formula. Kent and Jimmy Olsen took the formula to police headquarters, where it was learned that the mathematical equation represents the secret of a new and revolutionary explosive, which had been stolen from Professor Palmer Graves, the scientist. The police chemist telephoned the professor at his home, and while talking to the aged scientist, suddenly heard him cry out in fear. And then the phone went dead. Listen. Hello. Hello. The line's dead. Well, what is it, Doc? Well, something's happened to Professor Graves, Kent. What do you mean, sir? Well, as I was talking to him, I suddenly heard him cry out. I think he said, stay away from me, stay away. Then the phone went dead. What? 
Come on. Where to? Upstairs to Captain Callahan's office. We've got to get the boys down to the professor's place at once. Yes, you're right. Will they be in time? How far is the professor from here? Well, his address is, um, now let me see, uh, 623 West 18th Street. Uh-huh. The boys may just be able to make it. Come on, up these stairs. No, wait a minute. You two go on without me. What's the matter, Mr. Ken? Well, I, uh, I left my hat in the laboratory. I, I'll get it and join you in Callahan's office. How can you think of your hat at a time like this? I, well, never mind. Come on, Jimmy. Right with you, sir. Back to the laboratory for me. Not for my hat, that's a cinch. Now, off for these clothes. Oh. There we are. This is a job for Superman. Now, up with this window here. Out and away! Up and out across the darkened city, with dawn just breaking in the east, Superman wings his speedy way. Reaching 18th Street, he starts to drop down to find number 623. As he does so, a large black car draws away from the curb in front of one of the houses. Suspecting that the professor is in that car, Superman dives for the running board. Hey, what's the place? All over to the curb. Uh, now, wait a minute. Get off that running board or I'll let you have it. All over. Blast him with that tummy gun, Al. How did you get on the running board in the first place? There's something screwy about this. Blast him, I said. Okay. Let him have it. Oh, well, if you won't stop the car, I guess I'll have to stop it for you. Well, what's the matter with you? You got blanks in that gun? To help me, Hannah, I pointed straight at him and let him have it. Yeah. And bullets bounce right off him. Give me that gun. Okay. Well, look, that guy's kneeling on the board fender. He's grabbing the hood of the car. Yeah, and he's ripping it off. <laughs> the bullet ain't stopping him. But look at that. We might as well be shooting a water pistol. Oh, he ain't touched. No. Sorry to do this to such a swell car, fellas. So we shouldn't be using so much gas okay. anyway. What out to the motor. Uh, I'm seeing things. He ripped the motor right out with his bare hands. Quick, step on the brake. Stop the car. Don't bother. I'll stop it for you. Oh. All right, oh, boys, no get out and get out fast. Who's I want to have a look inside. Now, now, take it easy, pal. Just take it easy. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we, we don't know who you are, and, and we don't want no trouble, see? You're in <laughs> plenty of trouble now. Huh? You've got Professor Graves in the back, haven't you? Professor? What professor? Uh, don't be a dope, Bill. This guy will break us in two. Yeah, yeah, buddy, he's in the back seat. He's out cold. You might as well leave him where he is. I see the police cars are just turning the corner to 18th Street. They are? They'll take care of both you and the professor once they get here. Well, I've got to leave now, but just to make sure you don't try any tricks. Hey, wait, what are you... Oh, hey, wait, wait, don't... And you too. Take it easy, but... And now, up, up, and away! Bringing lightly into the air, Superman hovers above the scene just out of sight of the police. Looking on as the two thugs are handcuffed and led away, and the unconscious Professor Graves is taken from the gangster's car and carried to the brownstone house where he lives. When the street is cleared, the Superman drops down to the pavement, resumes the disguise of Clark Kent's mild-mannered spectacled reporter, and rings the bell of Professor Graves' apartment. Yeah, what do you want? Is Captain Callahan in there? I'm Clark Kent, reporter for the Daily Planet. Well, Mr. Kent, is that you? Yes, Jim. All right, let him in, Flemington. Okay, Captain. You can come in, Kent. Thanks. Mr. Kent, we sure are glad to see you. Sorry we had to leave without you, but we couldn't waste any time. That's all right. When I learned you'd gone, I took a cab. The professor all right, Captain Callahan? Well, the doc's bringing him around. You know, I don't understand this thing at all, Kent. What? When we arrived, there was a large black car standing in the middle of the street. And when we got to it, we found two mugs, pretty well known to us, both of them, out cold on the sidewalk, and the professor unconscious in the back of the car. And not only that, but... 
somebody had ripped the motor right out of the car and left it in the gutter. I told Captain Callahan Superman must have done it, but he won't believe me. Now, look, kid, I'm past the age where I believe in fairy tales. But Captain Superman really exists. Okay, okay, and so does Sandy Claus. Oh, um, can't I understand you found this formula that was stolen from the professor? Yes, that's right. It was in that tenth statue the clown tried to break tonight. But you mean that lunatic who was murdered in his cell earlier this evening? Yes, except he was no lunatic. He was just pretending to be crazy. I tell you, Captain, that man was put out of the way because he knew too much. Well, we got five people now, all after the same thing. The three gangsters you brought in when you gave us that formula... And the two we found out on the sidewalk downstairs. If we don't get some information out of them, I'll be very much surprised. And I don't think you'll get much out of them, because they don't know much. Why, why don't follow you, Kent? Oh, they're just working for someone higher up. Someone who wants desperately to get hold of that formula. Huh? Captain Callahan, do you realize what it would mean if that formula were to fall into the hands of, well, let's say an enemy power? The doc tells me that one ounce of the stuff would be enough to blow up the Daily Planet building. Oh, yes, yes, I know, Kent, I know that. I, I'm going to hold on to this formula myself until we can get it to the proper authorities at the War Department. But this case has me confused. What do you mean, sir? Well, thanks to you, Kent, we know why those statues were being smashed. But we don't know why the man who was smashing them dressed himself up in them crazy costumes. Oh, I've got the answer to that, I think. Why? Well, what is it? Well, it's really pretty simple. What did the clown do when we captured him, Jim? Why, he pretended to be crazy. Exactly. And there's your answer. So plain and simple, we didn't see it. He pretended to be crazy. Now, what would better convince us that he was crazy than the fact that he was wearing some, some silly costume? Oh, I think I'm beginning to see what you mean. Whoever engineered this whole mystery made him wear them costumes so that in case he was caught, he could go right into his lunatic act. And really be convincing in those costumes. By heavens, you must be right, Kent. There can't be any other explanation. That's the only possible answer. Gee, Mr. Kent, look. There's two cops coming out of the professor's room, carrying a stretcher made out of a blanket. Uh, would you mind stepping aside, please? All right. Uh, what's this, Jones? Uh, the nurse that was with the professor when he was attacked, sir. Uh, the doc can't seem to bring her around. He's tried hard, but can't seem to do it. So we're, we're going to rush her down to the hospital in our car. Oh, good. Um, oh, Doc. Oh, Professor Graves is going to be all right, sir. Yes. He's resting quietly in his room. Oh, good. I'm a little worried about that nurse, though. Excuse me, boys. I'm, I'm going along with the boys. Uh, I'll see you later. Okay, Doc. Well, Kent, you've done a good night's work. You better get along and get some sleep. I'm going to leave two of the boys right here in case anyone else tries to get to Professor Graves. All right. Now, take good care of that formula, Captain Callahan. Oh, don't worry. I know how important it is. I've got a gun, and I'll shoot to kill if necessary. Oh, Callie, I am sleepy. What time is it? It's just about six in the morning. Uh, it's been a tough night. You two better not waste any time hitting the hay. No, I guess you're right. That, that's funny. What's funny, Jim? Uh, I don't know. You... You two sound so queer. Like your voices. Well, you. You sound queer, too, Jim. Yeah. There's something queer here. I can't quite make up my mind what it is. Kent. Yes, Captain Callahan? You're. You're floating. Floating in air. Your feet are. are at least a foot off the floor. Jumping, Jiminy. That's right. He is floating. And you're floating too, Captain Callahan. What did you say, Jimmy? 
Your voice sounds far away and strange. Very strange. So does yours. What is it? What's happening? Mr. Kent? Mr. Kent? Don't worry, Jim. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Well, something strange seems to be happening to Kent and Jimmy and Captain Callahan. Why do their voices sound so peculiar? And why do Jimmy and Captain Callahan seem to be floating in midair? What is the answer to this new and baffling development? Well, we'll know tomorrow, so be sure to listen in, same time, same station. Tune in and follow The Adventures of Superman. Yes, be sure to tune in again tomorrow for another thrilling Superman episode. And don't forget what else you're going to do. You're going to buy war stamps as often as you can get mother or dad to give you a dime. Now, you know when you see that big capital S on a three-cornered shield, you'll recognize it as the emblem of Superman, and you know at once what it stands for. Likewise, when you see the capital letters U.S. on a war-saving stamp or bond, you'll recognize them as the emblem of Uncle Sam. And it represents a pledge from Uncle Sam to you. His pledge to use every dime you lent him for more bullets and guns and planes and all the other things the American armed forces need to win a smashing victory from the Nazis and the Japs. So buy a war stamp every time that you've got a dime. Remember, Uncle Sam is depending on you. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Follow the adventures of Superman every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Superman is directed by George Lothar and is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. This is Mutual. <laughs>